is the 200 level episode 223, the return of Illinois. Illinois and Rutgers, Saturday, 11 a.m., Memorial Stadium. 35,000 fans packed into a 55 degree cloudy day in Champaign, Illinois. Are you pumped? I'm pumped because if Illinois wins this game, they will go to four and five and they will set themselves up for the possibility, however slim, of making a bowl game. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think it is likely they make a bowl game, but I think if I were to put the odds on it, when you consider the schedule, I think you got a one in three or maybe a 40% chance. And that is when you consider Northwestern has not played well, Rutgers has not played well, and Minnesota is a maybe either or kind of game. I would call that not 50-50, but you got a shot. And the way this defense is playing and the way the run game is going, I think that you give yourself a chance in every single one of these games. And and I say that with Iowa looming and knowing what the recent history is, I'm not going to discount this team after what happened Saturday in terms of competing with other teams, because it has been, if you consider the Wisconsin game was bad. That was before the bye week. Virginia, that was bad. There have been two games in which this team has not been competitive. And yeah, UTSA, they should have won that. But UTSA is one of the few unbeaten teams in the nation. They're in the top 25. That doesn't excuse losing to them at home. But I wouldn't exactly call that a bad loss considering the opponent. So you have an opportunity, but it needs to start Saturday, or I should say needs to continue against a Rutgers team that gives you a really good chance to get really close to 500. Now, one thing I mentioned on the last podcast, and I think it bears repeating, It is so easy as we sit here today and and look back at the Purdue and the Maryland game specifically to play the what if game. And I get it and I do it myself. But what keeps me from doing that too much is while I am not a everything happens for a reason type, I do think that in the journey of a 12 game season, certain things only happen because of what preceded it. I don't know if the Penn State game happens like it did unless things got bad, unless this team hit a so-called rock bottom. And it's difficult for me to imagine, let's say you beat Purdue and Maryland, and then you go to Penn State and you play the exact same way. I think that there are certain factors at play here where maybe you needed to have that valley in the season before you went to Happy Valley and had your biggest success. But it has been a big week for this football program. Brett Bielema making the rounds. Of course, he was um, all too happy to meet with the media this week. And I, I got to say, I, I enjoy his press conferences because I think there is quite a bit of honesty along with some polish. He is pretty polished when talking to the press. And it's so much nicer for fans and I'm, I'm sure for him alike to go into a press conference after a win like that. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime in a lot of ways win. And in thinking about the biggest road wins for this Illinois team, I could go back to the Ohio State game in 07, but I I think about that one, and that was monumental for that team where that program was at at the time. But it wasn't, and this might sound crazy, I wasn't shocked by it at that point. Consider the fact that that team, I think at that point, was 7-3, and and they had just smoked Minnesota on the road. I know not a good Minnesota team, but they were looking the part of a pretty damn good top 20 caliber team. And I remember going to CVS that morning to get some snacks and some drinks because we were going to have people over. What the hell? Let's see what happens when we play at Ohio State. And I had this weird sense of calm. I remember actually getting in line at CVS, and if gut feelings carry any sort of weight, my gut feeling before that Illinois-Ohio State game was, oh, I think we can win this. And as the game went on, I mean, if you think about it, I think Daniel Dufresne had a long carry, fumbled it, 
and they didn't review it. It would have been a fumble in Ohio State ball. And then we take it in for a score to take an early 7-0 lead. And at that point, okay. you know, And, and from there, you really control those 60 minutes. But this is more shocking than that because it came out of left field. I mean, I think we all tuned in Saturday. Okay, well, how long am I actually going to stay invested in this game? Turns out for basically all of it. And that was step one, you know, competing with a really good Penn State team. And I think they are still really good despite how they looked on Saturday. I don't think that was a win that is going to look bad by year's end, though I don't really like Penn State's chances at Ohio State. I think the hangover effect will be in full force in Columbus. I mean, hell, James Franklin even had a misspeak during his press conference where he said, hey, all we're thinking about right now is Illinois. I think he even called the horseshoe the big house. So Penn State fans, they're done with James Franklin. I'm done with Penn State in general, and I have been for 10 years. That one was sweet on so many levels. So now you get Ellen Nutgers at Memorial Stadium on a Saturday morning. Looks to be cloudy. Probably going to be wet in lot 31. I don't think it's going to be rainy, but we're going to be out there tailgating in full force and ready for a game that can get Illinois close to 500. And at this point in the season, four and five after Rutgers, I mean, if you would have given me that record going into the season, I would have said, okay. I mean, for a first year, that ain't bad for Brett Bielema. And I think that there are positives that we can take away. There are still question marks and still concerns I have. But one thing that cannot be argued, this team is competing against Big Ten teams and much better than most other previous Illinois coaches in their first year. That is a fact. All right, before we get too far into this, we got football and basketball to talk about as we do this time of year. The 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, order online at dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, and you can get a custom zone with any topping you want, or you can get one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone at dpdoe.com. 15 years these guys have been in business. Actually, it was what, 06? So we're in 2021. It was in their first year that Juice Williams went into Michigan State, and we planted the flag after a big win, one of the biggest upsets in Illinois football history. And 15 years later, what do you know? So DP Doe, that's the constant. DP Doe and bad Illinois football, those are constants for most of the last 15 years. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com, vintage-inspired Illini apparel from football to basketball shirts. And we are in the middle of both seasons, so... You can get both of them. And you also have crew neck sweatshirts just in time for basketball season. This is great stuff. High quality apparel. And I have, what, five t-shirts. I got the crew neck Illinois script sweatshirt. Um, And this is what you will need as you go to State Farm Center or Memorial Stadium for one of these last two home games. That's fourthandkirby.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, you name it. Any kind of insurance, he's got you covered with great State Farm prices and personalized service that you can only get from Brian and his expert staff. That's brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com for all your home exterior needs. These guys are great craftsmen, excellent customer service, and they get the job done on time. Plus, they are really good stewards here in the Champaign-Urbana community. They've been giving back since they opened up. So, Rector Construction, that's R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com for a free quote today. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level, and thank you to the listeners, of course. Apple Podcast, if you can rate and review us, that is a big help as people discover more Illini content. Let's talk Illinois Rutgers, right? That's what's on everybody's mind. And this has been one hell of a series. I actually looked this up. And uh, as you know, the 200 level, we do a whole lot of research. We got a crack research team, i.e. my phone. 
and Google Chrome uh, app. That's about it. On Winspedia.com, W-I-N-S-Epedia, so Winspedia.com, they have all these different things where you can basically look up any matchup and you can see the history of it. Now, seven games between Illinois and Rutgers. Five wins for Illinois, two for Rutgers. Now, the history of this series, you may remember, started back in 2005. That was Ron Zook's first game at Illinois, and that was a hell of a game. Little did we know that they would only win one more game the rest of Ron Zook's first season. There's something about, yeah, I look at Zook's first year with the big win in the opener, and then I look at Bielema and the big win in the opener, and... These two seasons are going opposite directions, though. It feels like this team's going up while that first Zook team just fell apart. And they just weren't very good. But they got the opening win in overtime, 33-30. to Was it overtime? I need to go back and check. But it was a hell of a game. E.B. Halsey was a stud. Tim Brasick looked like a dual-threat quarterback. And, man, um, I remember being... The feeling that it was electric at the stadium. I was a freshman at the U of I, so this was two weeks into it. We partied at the dorms after, and then the rest of the season happened. Now, that carried over into next year when you lost 33 to nothing in Piscataway. Greg Schiano was not having it. It was a revenge game. Ray Rice, I think, was still on that Rutgers team, and it was not even close. Okay, wait then until 2016. Ten years later, you play them again, and you beat them in New Jersey in Lovey Smith's first year, 24-7. to In 2017, they come into Champaign and beat you 35-24. to That was one of the worst losses of the Lovey Smith era, though that is a long list, as we all know. The next year, Piscataway beat them 38-17. to That was the A.J. Bush game, the week after I got married, actually. My wife and I were headed up for a little weekend thing at uh, Starved Rock and driving in the rain and listening to A.J. Bush dominate as we got there. Uh, okay, Champagne the next year, <clears throat> 38 to 10. And that was after the win at Purdue. So this was the third win in a row. And it was tight at halftime, 13 to 10, 14 to 10. I felt a little bit uneasy about it. And then you got a couple of defensive scores and you ran away with that. And finally, 2020, and that is last year in New Jersey, thanks to a really uh, fun performance by Isaiah Williams, a quarterback, he won 23 to 20. So, This is the classic series that everyone is waiting for. There have been, if I'm looking at this, two good games. (laughs) If I'm being honest, there's been two good games out of seven. That was last year, 23 to 20. It was close. It was was fun for what it was. And then the first one in Champaign, the overtime, 33 to 30. Now, as I look at these two teams... It's kind of interesting to compare Rutgers and Illinois because they're known as two of the earliest programs in college football history. I mean, Rutgers, I think, was the first college football program. Illinois wasn't that far after. And, of course, Illinois has the early history with a guy like Red Grange. So you were talking about basically relics of programs that should have a better history in the last 50, 60, 70 years than they do. But instead, their all-time record, Rutgers, with the 93rd best win percentage in college football at 493. Illinois sitting there at 88th. We are just over 500 in our history, 502. So it really comes down to Brett Bielema stemming the tide. I don't want to dip under 500. I mean, that's just a an arbitrary number, I know. But it's sort of like how sad it was when Mickey Mantle at the end of his career just dipped right under the 300 career average. And there's just something, don't lose that benchmark. Don't go under 500. That's not good. National championships, zero for Rutgers. And again, we have five. I mean, they were back in the Stone Age, but we do have, I guess, five national titles. 
conference championships, Rutgers has won. One in their entire existence. That's good for 114th in the nation. Illinois with 15. That's good for 35th. Again, a lot of those in the Stone Age, but you could do worse, right? Hey, it's still a banner. Bowl games. Rutgers with 10. That's good for 97th. Illinois with 19. That's good for 62nd. Not very good. Wins all time. Rutgers 41st with 660, but only because they started back in 1783. And then Illinois. That was an exaggeration. Illinois 617s. That's good for 56. Bowl record. Rutgers with a 600 win percentage. Illinois with 421. We're under 500 in bowl games. Dope. Consensus All-Americans. Did you know Illinois had 25 consensus All-Americans? That's good for 29th in college football history. Rutgers has had four. That's good for 69. Nice. Heisman winners, zero for either team, though in fairness, only 37 teams have had Heisman winners as I look at this. 37. NFL draft picks. Illinois with 248. That's good for 31st all-time. Rutgers, 63 draft picks all-time. Good for 91st. First round NFL draft picks, Illinois with 22. That's good for 30th all time. So, you know, these aren't bad numbers for Illinois. We just need to win more often, more recently. Rutgers with three first round draft picks ever. Weeks in the AP poll, Illinois 181. That's good for 49th. Rutgers 38. That is good for 83rd. And then weeks at number one, both teams sitting there at zero. No surprise there. Okay, so just some random stats to get you all fueled up and ready for this game. Now, as I look at this Rutgers team and what they've done so far this year, they're sitting there at 3-4, and four, and they are, at the moment, at least the sports book that I see, one-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is at 41-and-a-half. Both of those numbers I wouldn't touch, though I feel fairly confident that Illinois will cover, and I actually feel fairly confident that Illinois will win. Why do I think that? Rutgers offense... Very, very bad. Now, the opening week, they beat Temple 61-14. to And at that point, again, considering the opponent, you still get the feeling that Greg Schiano is going to turn this thing around rather quickly. And that still could be the case. It's only year two for him. Syracuse, they get the win 17-7. to I don't know what the hell's gone on with Dino Baber. Syracuse is sitting there right now at, what is their record? 4-4. Four and four. So not terrible, but um, their wins are Ohio, Albany, Liberty, and then they did win at Virginia Tech somehow, though I don't know what's going on with Justin Fuente over there. Then Rutgers, they beat Delaware 45-13, to and then they actually played good teams. Now, they played three really good teams in a row at Michigan. They lost 20-13, to so their defense kept Michigan in check. That was probably Michigan's worst performance of the year. Ohio State, they lost 52-13. to No shame in that. Ohio State's that good. Michigan State, they lost 31-13, uh, to so again aren't scoring many points. This is the game right here, and it's two weeks ago. They're coming off a bye week. 21-7, to a loss at Northwestern. Now, this Northwestern team is, of course, starting to play a little bit better. They're 3-4 and four right now. Though, I say that just as they come off the heels of a 33-7 to loss at Michigan. A good Michigan team, but nonetheless, this is not your typical Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern team. They're struggling, and they have struggled all year. So, it is... Concerning, of course, the Rutgers is coming off a bye week. It's concerning when you consider the fact that yet three of their losses, three of their four, are against teams that are in the top 10. Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. That is a murderer's row. So they have played really good competition. They will play Penn State here in a few weeks. Uh, they will play Wisconsin at home and then at Indiana, at Penn State, and Maryland. And that's a tough schedule to end the season. So this is still their most winnable game. 
I think more so than at Indiana and maybe Maryland at home. Maryland's really slipped here recently. No surprise. It is a Mike Loxley coach team. The spread being at one and a half for Rutgers, I actually think Illinois is going to win outright. And I actually think that Illinois will score. Are you ready? More than 20 points. I do. And I think that they will keep Rutgers under 20 points. So let's call it 24 to 17. Let's say that they just barely, well, I guess that wouldn't hit the over because the over is 41 and a half. So it's still under, but it feels like a high scoring game compared to what Illinois has done recently. I'm going with 24 to 17. I think that somehow, some way, because even a blind squirrel finds a nut, Brandon Peters will connect on one deep pass. Just It's got to happen, and it could happen against Rutgers. Maybe this is the team that can shake him out of his doldrums. Maybe getting the game-winning throw against Penn State can turn him back into a serviceable quarterback or just merely slightly bad, not really, really bad. We don't want really, really bad. We just need slightly bad because the run game will give you a chance. The run game will give you the play option and will open things up because Rutgers will be playing to stop the run. They'll be daring Brandon Peters to throw. If he misses throw after throw, you bet I'm going to get pissed. I'm going to get annoyed, and it's just going to be, are you kidding me? Your 23-year-old quarterback makes some damn throws. I'm already getting pre-mad just thinking about it. But this can be done, and uh, it would be big, man. I mean, it would be big to get this win and be on the cusp of a 500 record, and then you have, what, Minnesota the following week, and that would all of a sudden be a really big game. And I think the team would sense that as well. Two wins in a row going into Minnesota, a winnable game. They've beat you pretty good the last couple years. Time to get some revenge. You beat them three years ago. This, the talent discrepancy between Minnesota and Illinois I don't think is gigantic and certainly not as big as Illinois versus Penn State. And I hope whatever confidence was built after that Penn State game, I think it was built during the Penn State game. Look, at we can compete against these guys. This is top 10 talent. You can look at James Franklin's recruiting classes. He has been recruiting lights out since he's been at Penn State. So you beat a bunch of studs. And they may have been lethargic. It may have been a bad game for him. But don't discount the fact that you went up against better athletes. You know, just the eye test, right? And you kind of manhandled them. That's impressive. So if you can carry that over somehow, you should beat Rutgers and you should beat Northwestern. That's five. And then that leaves Minnesota. Okay. And that leaves Iowa. Eh, you don't want to have, have a must-win up there, but at least we can have the conversation. Amazing the difference a week makes, and exciting to be able to go to a tailgate on Saturday and be excited for the game to start. It is Dad's Day. It's Military Appreciation Day. This is going to be a day after they raise the Big Ten Tournament banner at the State Farm Center and do the ring ceremony and all that. So the vibes should be good in Champaign this weekend. I love the early start, because then if you win... You can watch other college football games and have this. I don't know about you, but when Illinois is starting to play well, and even at four and five, I'm happy just being able to kind of sit in that the rest of the day and just, you know, let it stew, let it soak in. Okay, we aren't terrible. We'll actually get some positive pub on BTN Live, you know, and and the Illinois-Minnesota game, which is, of course, another 11 a.m. game the following Saturday, will have a little bit more pop to it. So why not? You know, why not have some fun, win this game, go up and beat P.J. Fleck? What the heck? That rhymed. Didn't mean to. Uh, this all goes back to Brett Bielema. And what I'm hoping is that that Penn State game was a launching pad for his entire program. He talks the talk. When they win, that swagger that he has matched with on-field success, it is contagious. It feels good. 
And meanwhile, just to compare it with Lovey, that was a really good four-game win streak that Lovey had in his second to last year. But the vibes weren't quite the same as if you would have had a coach that can kind of sell it. Bielema can sell it. He did it earlier this week. I don't think that's going to equate to a ton of ticket sales. The, the weather is not doing you favors. It's not going to be bad, but it's just going to be kind of cloudy and gray. It's not going to be a Indian summer, late October sort of day. Um, but I, I am excited to get to the lots and see if there's that sense around the lots that, okay, win this game and, and let's see what happens. What a great opportunity. We've gotten this break with Rutgers on your schedule yet again. Rutgers is the worst team you have played since, hmm, UTS, no, I don't, Maryland, yeah, I would argue they're the worst team on the schedule, period, I mean, Nebraska has played like a bowl team, but they just can't get out of their own damn way, UTSA is ranked, Virginia, you know, they're a different team at home than away, but that is still a team that has a ton of talent, so they're certainly better than Rutgers, Hmm. What else? Maryland? Okay, maybe. Um, but I think Maryland's better than Rutgers. Purdue? They're going to be a bowl team this year. Wisconsin and Penn State? You know. And meanwhile, you got Rutgers, and they played nothing but good teams. So, okay, who's at an advantage here? An Illinois team that's about to play the worst team they faced all year, or a Rutgers team that when you consider the last three opponents are all in the top ten, or I should say the three of the last four other than Northwestern, are in the top ten of the AP rankings. I don't know. I mean, that's what makes this tough to predict. Maybe Rutgers just ran into a buzzsaw and they're better than that. But the Northwestern, that that 21-7 score looms large. And it could have been just the fact that three losses in a row, that team was not feeling it. They get the bye week and they come in refreshed against Illinois. But Illinois needs to come out as the aggressor. They need to come out as the team that thinks, you know, we are better. We're going to impose our will on these guys even more than we did Penn State. I would love... If sometime during the third or fourth quarter, we feel like this game is well in hand and nothing to worry about, let's celebrate, we're going to four and five. I think it's possible. I think you can control this game. Basically, do what you did against Penn State. Run the barge formation with seven, eight offensive linemen and see what the hell happens. Why not? Is that right? Nine or is it nine offensive linemen? Didn't they do that with one wide and then the quarterback? I mean, I got no qualms with that. If that's your strength, do it. And they got running backs, and they got a good offensive line, or at least the offensive line's playing good now. And Chase Brown, I know, probable, questionable. I mean, it's, it's kind of been iffy about that, but he did pass concussion protocol earlier this week, so it looks like he will be out there along with Josh McCray. Holy crap, ladies and gents. We got Illinois basketball starting, and they're going to do the rings and the banners, and here I am spending 23 minutes on Illinois football. Wow. What a difference a week makes. So Illinois, Illinois Rutgers, Illinutgers, it is so affectionately known, is back. And I am ready for it. I mean, as ready as one could be for that. Okay, Illinois basketball. We got an exhibition game against Indiana, Pennsylvania. Whatever that is. I guess I could look it up. I just don't really care to. Second exhibition game. Had a lot of fun at the first one. Will not be in attendance for this one. Uh, got some friends coming into town, so we're going to enjoy a Friday evening, pack up for the tailgate, get there bright and early on Saturday. But a uh, really cool opportunity for what looks to be a, a pretty big crowd that's going to be there Friday. They're really selling this banner and ring ceremony that's starting at 640 and the game's at 7. Don't know if that means IO is going to be back as well. I would need to see if the Bulls happen to have a game 
on Friday night. They don't. Okay. And do they have a game? Are they in town on Saturday? They're playing the Knicks at home on Thursday and the Jazz at home on Saturday. So maybe Io does come back. That would be pretty cool. Um, and, and it looks like he could do that on Friday night. I don't think they've said anything officially about that. You know, last year's team, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. It's been sort of a, a grieving process with how abruptly it ended and how it felt like unfulfilled promise, right? All, all this amazing run in the last four or five weeks of the season, and then it just ends. But now that this new season's beginning, I mean, that's really all it takes sometimes is just starting the next season, playing some games, seeing the guys on the court again, where you can ah, take a deep breath and now go into a ring and banner ceremony where you can properly give credit to this team that put Illinois basketball back on the map. Yes, the ending sucked, but that is a long run from when Io got here and you were irrelevant. And then you had that little win streak towards the end of his first freshman his freshman year, uh, the you know February in the Big Ten. I think he won four or five straight to maybe indicate that the tides were turning, including the win at home against Michigan State. And then his sophomore year, fantastic. He would have been what a six seed in the NCAA tournament, and then his junior year, a one seed in the NCAA tournament. In three years, this thing turned around, and he was the guy that got this thing rolling. Kofi helped you keep it rolling. Guys like Andre Crabello are the new superstars in the program. And then a guy like Trent Frazier or DeMonte Williams have been fixtures in this thing. And it's cool that they will get this done um, and that they get to hang a banner. And I wish that they could hang a Big Ten regular season champs banner. That gives all the juice that you need for the Illinois-Michigan game coming up, and that did sell out today. Single-game tickets went on sale. Michigan and Arizona have sold out. Got to think Purdue is not long behind, though that is a day game on Martin Luther King Day. So that makes it a little bit interesting, but plenty of families in town with their kids out of school. Play hooky, parents. Play hooky and take your kids to that game. Because Mr. Carpenter, I'm going to tell my sixth graders that, what are you doing on Martin Luther King Day? I'm going to a game against two top 10 teams. That's what that'll be. National coverage, a bunch of people watching from home. That's pretty cool. Um, but for this celebration of last year's team, I feel like I can exhale a bit. And there is something symbolic about giving them their due tomorrow. And, and I don't want to say, or sorry, Friday. And I don't want to say getting it out of the way. It's not about getting it out of the way, but it's about commemorating that and being able to maybe chip away at some of the the hurt that we all felt when it just ended. It, I mean, it sucked. And I don't think people will be thinking so much about that Friday. I remember texting Trevor and Isaac about that. You know, what will it be like when they raise the banner? And, I, you know, back in May and June, just the thought of it felt like, ugh, a Big Ten tournament banner after losing to Loyola. I mean, I, you got to do it. There's nothing wrong with it, but it just takes the fun out of it. I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I mean, seven stages of grief. I think it's seven stages. Maybe I'm in the last one, whatever that is. But um, all it took was seeing this team against a really bad St. Francis uh, of Illinois, I think, Catholic school, an NAIA school in an exhibition game and thinking, oh, hell, it's all good. I mean, they were really good. For those that are going for the first time, enjoy. Because first off, walking into that stadium again for the first time was a thrill. And it felt very familiar. I mean, there was there were moments where it was like, wow, am I really here? In moments where I was just smiling like a goof, which you might not have been able to tell behind my mask, but and and, and that's the other thing too. And I'm only going to hit this once because, you know, I, I looked around. Most people were masked. Those that weren't, they were having snacks or whatever. I mean, it did not feel like any sort of unsafe situation. And I think that Alani fans are, uh, 
you know, they, they know what's up and they were looking out for their others. And when it's a sold out crowd, you know, we'll see what it's like. I mean, for a big sold out crowd when the, you know, everyone's nice and liquored up, I don't know what the mask wearing ratio is going to be. Um, but I will say, you know, I don't think even if you're wearing a mask, the volume is going to change that much. There were moments on Saturday night where it got loud. And I got to think on Friday night, it'll be super loud, especially if one Io DeSumo comes back and gets his due. They got a jersey for him, right? I mean, maybe they raise his jersey if he comes back. I think that's a great sales tool. You know, you think about Kofi coming back. I think part of the reason, and he said so himself, is building a legacy and wanting to be the greatest Alani ever. And if they go to the Final Four, they win a national championship, he's in that conversation um, before he goes pro, presumably after his third year. But uh, yeah, show these guys that we really give it up for. You leave a legacy here. You leave a hero. You know what I did on Saturday night? I At halftime, I was just, I did a lap around the stadium and just wanted to kind of soak in the concourse and just see people. It's nice to see people. It's nice to be at an event where people are and, and, and feel the buzz. Even just being in the concourse and seeing people in line for popcorn. It's like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> like mundane stuff that we used to take for granted. And now it's like, ah, oh, good. This is home. It is home for me, right? I mean, having been going to these games in that arena since I was three, four years old before I could even remember them and, and all these incredible moments and, and just how special Illinois basketball is to me and to, of course, all of you. So I decided that I would go to the Hall of Fame on last Saturday. It was during halftime and I'm just walking through that. And I get this moment every now and then, and, and especially when Illinois basketball is doing good and we all feel that mojo. Well, it is damn cool to be an Illini basketball fan. This is a great program. And we know what the monkey on our back is, right? We know the national championship that, that has never come. And being the best program without a national title, that's an albatross. It is. And it, it informs our fan base and how we feel about sports and why we take losses as bad as we do. But damn it, if it wasn't really cool to walk through that Hall of Fame and just be reminded that I am a fan of a really awesome basketball program and we got our swagger back and it's cool and it's fun to be an Illini fan. So that's what Friday night will be a celebration of. That's what Saturday night was, even though there were maybe seven, maybe 8,000 people in the stadium, half full, maybe. Um, it's going to be different on Friday, it sounds like, and and get there early, have fun. Um, hey, they had plenty of beer. They got all these like self-service things where essentially you just kind of go up, uh, give me that, boom, there you go. You get your beer in like a second. So that's pretty nice. Beer at the Assembly Hall or State Farm Center. That's not bad. Um, and yeah, it's it's cool to have this weekend where you might be looking at 2.30 on Saturday after an exhibition win and raising the banner and, and getting the rings and beating Rutgers to go four and five for another weekend, just like last weekend, we can carry over those good vibes. And I would love to think that we are reaching a point and hopefully this happens within the next two, three years, especially with football, that they get some consistency, that we can look forward to falls for both. We know that from the end of August through the following April, we're going to be occupied with pretty good Illinois football and really good Illinois basketball. And it's out there. It's doable. Football's got a bit more of an uphill battle, and basketball has to make sure they solidify where they're at, but at least it is possible. Now, one thing to talk about before we leave, this might be a bit of a shorter podcast, is there's a lot of noise going on about Kofi and a possible suspension. 
I have nothing verified on it. I don't have any inside information, so I'll, I'll say that right off the top. But there is a lot of smoke about this on message boards, on Twitter, and it's one of those things that's just sort of omnipresent, so we should probably just address what might happen and how we're going to feel if it does happen. Now, this all started back in the spring when Kofi sold his player's trunk, essentially memorabilia, stuff like that, when he thought he was going pro, and he made money on it, as he should be able to do. This is before, though, the NCAA instituted their name, image, and likeness thing, and technically against the rules. Now, of course, they probably had a a big investigation and a bunch of arbiters to decide if this was right or wrong or how wrong it was and how many games are we going to suspend Kofi Coburn. Now, if the NCAA were smart, they would not suspend a marketable player for any considerable length of time. They would give him a game or two and then they would move on. And I think that's what they should do, though it is hard to know if that's what they will do. Now, when I look at the Illinois schedule, and I'll try to get the schedule up here on my phone as quickly as I can. You are looking at Jackson State and Arkansas State as your first two games. If it so happens where Kofi cannot play for two games, no big deal. Then you have at Marquette. Now, Marquette is not really stacked this year. Now, Shaka Smart is at Marquette. It's a great fit for him. He's from Wisconsin originally. We'll see if he can turn things around right away. That seems like a much better spot than Texas for him. I'd love Kofi to be back for that, but let's say he isn't. You should still be able to get a win. And then you have Cincinnati, and that's the first of two games of that tournament the following Monday. Now, if it's more than four games, that's a little frustrating. If it's more than, actually, I say that. If it's more than two games, that's BS. This is not a big offense. Now, I know some people on Twitter have been saying, Mark View, one game for a DUI. A video came out from TMZ where Mark View is essentially berating the police officers that are arresting him and kind of making a fool of himself after committing a crime that is fairly serious. Um, now, it is a red herring argument, right? Um, this idea that, well, he only got one game for a DUI, so therefore Kofi should only get X amount of games for this. Um It's a red herring, unfortunately. They are not related at all. So we can't really do that. But I understand why people would look at that as a reason why Kofi shouldn't get any games. My bigger point is this. The NCAA, for so long, played this game of, you know, we're all about the student-athlete, and it's an amateur sport. And then they finally changed their tune. And to retroactively punish someone for doing something that they could do now with the name, image, and likeness rules when they thought they were going to go pro anyways— is it would ring very hollow. It would go against what they say is now part of their mission to help the student athletes market themselves. Well, this would go directly in the face of that. But hey, listen, don't don't ever count on the NCAA to make themselves look good or make themselves look smart. They will always find a way to piss down their leg. And unfortunately, this may be one of those cases. Am I getting pre-mad? Perhaps. We still have not gotten anything verified about Kofi being out for the first two games. And what would sadden me about it is we only get X amount of games with Kofi anyways. I want maximum Kofi time. Here is a silver lining. Let's say it's two games and he misses Jackson State and Arkansas State. Coleman Hawkins will get a lot of playing time. And for anyone that was there Saturday, Coleman looks good. Kit's got size. He's got length. I think he will be just fine against any center that Jackson State or Arkansas State throws out there. He's not Kofi, but that will be more than enough for those two teams. Omar Payne, 
He can play 15, 20 minutes a game. He's a defensive stopper. He can get some garbage buckets. Not a great offensive game or anything, but you know you don't lack for size, even without Kofi. You get in the Marquette game, I'm a little more concerned, but I still think you can get a win against them. Uh, Cincinnati is not supposed to be great this year. It would be the next game against either Arkansas or dun, 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 Kansas State. Assuming you beat Cincinnati, I would assume that Arkansas would beat Kansas State. And Arkansas is going to be really good this year. That's the top 20 team. So, you know, Kofi should be back by then. If it's more than a four-game suspension, I would be shocked. And what's going to happen is if a suspension happens to get handed down, and again, we don't know it, but if it were to get handed down to Kofi, you'll get some national people talking about that. This is, after all, the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. First team All-American. Preseason All-American. So that will be on the ESPN bottom line, and that will be fodder and, and sports shows. Well, Kofi got suspended. Why? Well, he sold his own stuff after the end of last season when he thought he was going pro and before the name, image, likeness rules came in. Listen, the NCAA, they're going to NCAA, you know, using it as a verb. They're totally going to NCAA this thing and, and look stupid and foolish, but um, you can count on that. And the question is just to what degree, excuse me, degree is my voice cracks and uh, hopefully nothing too significant. Just wanted to get that out of the way before something comes down because it could come down anytime. And, you know, if it were to do that, we would, of course, groan. And I, I kind of hope it doesn't come down before the exhibition Friday, so that can just be kind of pure and, and no distractions, just happiness. And then if he can't play Jackson State and Arkansas State, so be it. Any more than that, BS. Actually, any of it would be BS, but, you know, that's what the NCAA is. You know, sometimes you got to take um, a bad option and, and just hope it isn't the worst case option or the worst case scenario. All right. That's, I think, all I got for this episode. We will be back Sunday. I would do a post game on Saturday, but we got a bunch of friends in town, so I'll sneak down to the studio Sunday morning and hopefully recap an Illinois football win. That would be a lot of fun to talk about. And for me, I've talked often about how for football, if you win on Saturday, what's what's honestly part of the the best part, I think, of it, it's a carryover effect for seven more days. So you get an entire week to think, hey, we don't suck. Hey, we got to win. All you got to do is beat Rutgers. And frankly, I don't care how many style points are involved, though I would think that it's possible to actually have some style points on Saturday and to impose your will just like you did against Penn State, but to an even greater degree and really control this game and, and leave not much doubt. Rutgers should not be able to score any much the way this defense is playing, and you should be able to control the ball just as much as you did against Penn State. With the way that run game's going, uh, do the same damn thing until they stop you. And then Brandon Peters, please make a throw, a throw, let alone the many throws it would take to necessitate a gun rack. That's for my Wayne's World fans. Um, please win. <laughs> I don't want to do a podcast after losing to Rutgers, and then you're 3-6, and six, and what was that Penn State game even for? I think they get it done, though. I'm feeling confident. All right, got to thank DP Doe. I'm on a dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. They're celebrating their 15th year in business. That's pretty impressive. I know of countless places that have come and gone on campus, but don't let that fool you. Just because they're a campus place doesn't mean that if you live outside of campus, they can't bring it to your doorstep. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That's dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com. Vintage-inspired Illini swag, football and basketball. Hey, both seasons are still going on right now, so go to fourthandkirby.com and get some new swag today. 
State Farm agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he could be your guy at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction. That's R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. For all your home exterior needs, get a free quote today at R-E-C-T-O-R, that's Rector construction.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level on this midweek edition. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. I hope for those going to the State Farm Center, you get to enjoy, I'm telling you, a team that's even better than last year. I hope you enjoy celebrating last year's team. And then for those brave souls going into Memorial Stadium on Saturday, bring a win back out to Lot 31, which is where it will be camped out from early in the morning until late in the evening or mid-afternoon, let's say. Hey, in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon. It is the 200 level.